Welcome back, listeners. I'm Robin Black. This is It's All About Healing podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking about the highs and lows of parenthood and also blended families. Today, we have Malcolm and Ashley with us today. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Good. Thanks. All right, Malcolm and Ashley. So tell me a little bit about this parenthood. How are you guys doing with it? Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's be honest. Uh, we have been together for about four years. And so we have a blended family. Um, one of mine, two of his, and um, they're all preteens and teenagers. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> And what difficulties do you guys face with the blended families, if any? All the different personalities in the house. There's, we have one that has all the energy in the world. One that doesn't want to be bothered half the time. And another one that just forgets everything and just likes to be a typical teenage boy. Yeah. And what's what's it like having a teenage son? Whew. Fun, interesting, sometimes annoying, and takes a lot of patience. A lot of patience. More so than I thought with a boy, um, because we have a teenage boy and a teenage girl. And sometimes the girl is easier than the boy. Um, He can be very emotional at times, which is a surprise for... I guess what I was thinking of a teenage boy. Um, But it's like Malcolm said, it's interesting a lot of the time because you never know what's going to happen or what they're going to do or say. It literally depends on the day. And what do you mean? Like, so emotion, do you think that possibly the COVID and not being around other children have had, has had anything to do with it? Like any type of social anxiety or what? Um, I mean, I'm sure that didn't help. Um, I, you know, we've went to the doctor and there is that anxiety aspect there, but I also have it. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, a given with that, but, um, you know, it may be because he's, he's kind of a, a loner. Um, but before I met Malcolm, it was just him too. So he's learned to be a loner. And so, he kind of just, you know, puts himself in his room. He'll come out when he wants and do all that stuff. But I don't know if it's because of COVID, but I, I'm sure that probably didn't help anything at all. And what about like the e-learning? Because I know when they're um, with my kids, when they're here, they have to do e-learning sometimes. And I think it's only about 30 minutes. So they'll have class, what, seven, eight hours a day when they're in school. And then when they come home and do e-learning, they're done in about 30 minutes. Are you experiencing the same thing with that as well? When it first started, when they were doing e-learning, it was like that. And I even used to ask the kids themselves, I was like, how do you get done with this so fast? <laughs> it's like, because you have this much of a window to do it, but you're done with five pages in like two minutes. <laughs> and I was like, how much are you learning from doing it this way? I was like, okay, so yeah, this isn't going to work. So in order to get through that successfully and make you feel like they're actually learning something, you had to make them do extra things. Yeah. Because I personally didn't feel like they were learning as well as they were when they were actually in class. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a big adjustment, especially when COVID started. It was hectic. You had to get your schedule like down packed because you had to set off a certain amount 
or certain block like okay you guys are going to be learning during this times because it's not going to just be 30 minutes and you're done for the rest of the day <laughs> no <laughs> we can't do that so yeah that was a big adjustment too especially getting them away from all their friends yeah and everything that was a major adjustment i think for like anybody going through that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah we had a lot to learn on the fly on that as well and then with this monkey pox that's coming out, are, is that a fear that you guys both have that the kids are going to be home again? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with Malcolm. I hope not. Um, no, I mean, I think they're having kids and when they leave the house, I think the moment they leave the house, there's always a fear of something. Um, so, I mean, itself, it doesn't. Uh, I don't have that fear, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I don't know if this sounds selfish or what, but like the inconvenience as a parent <laughs> to have a child mm-hmm. doing their, their work from home, like, you know, we have to work too. And I understand everything, but you know, it, there's pros and cons of, of our, um, work schedules because he works second shift. I work first shift. So He's there for most of the day with them, and then I'm there at night. So, I mean, that is a pro to it all, but it's also, you know, we have to make sure during that time that they're doing what they should be doing and and getting everything done. So, it's just putting, you know, that extra work on us, too, of having to work 40-plus hours a week and then come home and help them or help them before he goes to work. and Yeah. 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 And what about the attitudes as far as the attitudes go? How does, how are you guys handling that? Especially when it comes to having an urge of urgency, which I know most children lack. <laughs> um, okay. When it comes to attitudes, honestly, I can break it down by each kid. Each kid has their own different <laughs> form of attitude. Uh-huh. The youngest has a hyper energetic attitude. Uh-huh. He'll do things and then as soon as he stops doing things, he's bored, so he has to do something again. So he always has to be doing something. Mm-hmm. So he's the one you have to tell to, you know, sit down and take a second. Yeah. Then he'll get an attitude about that because then he'll start complaining like, oh, I'm so bored. I'm like, you sat down for five minutes. <laughs> if he even makes it that long. Exactly. So it's like, okay, so you're giving me attitude about me trying to get you to just, you know, sit down for a second. So that's like the main focus that I see with the youngest one, the now, our daughter, Whew, okay. She, <laughs> Teenage daughter, enough said, we're done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Her attitude, like, it it has a range uh-huh. depending on her time of day. Not even what day it is, the time of day it is. Right. In the morning, she doesn't want you talking to her. Yeah. Because she does not like mornings. She wants to get out of bed at her own pace, which is not good when it comes to school. Yeah. And... She wants to be the first to speak to you. She don't want you to speak to her first. So she's just going to be like, hey. (laughs) And she has no patience Uh for anybody. (laughs) Anybody. It's got to be done on her time or she's upset. Yeah. If you ask her to do something, she's upset. (laughs) Especially if it's something she doesn't want to do. And that's that. Honestly, personally, that one, the, the the daughter takes the most out of me, yeah. energy wise and mental wise. I don't know why, <laughs> but it just it drains me like so hard sometimes mentally. Yeah, so I'm just like, ah, uh, 
like, why are you doing this right now? Like, what is what, like, what is wrong? It's like nothing. I just don't feel like being bothered. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't feel like being bothered, <laughs> okay? And I think that I think that's where the difference comes in of like the opposite sexes of children with their parents because. I can relate more to her yeah. than I can the boys right. because yeah. I'm like, you know, you know, should she talk to us that way? Of course not. But <laughs> also I am a woman and yeah. I understand, you know, the surges of somebody looks at me wrong and yeah. I'm ticked off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> that is so true. Cause when it comes to the boys, as I, soon as they give me any lip, I'm like, nah, get up, let's go. Yeah. You're doing this. No, there's no if, ands or buts about it. But with her, I'm just like, oh, why does she get under my skin so easily? <laughs> yeah, I have I have way less patience with the boys. I feel like than I do her, yeah. mm-hmm. but probably because I can relate more to her. Of you know, you don't have control. I get that sometimes, but I get it. I'm the exact same way. I can definitely do that because I know when um when <laughs> when my daughter was down here, or I think she was downstairs in the kitchen. <laughs> And I came around the corner and I saw that she had an attitude and I was just like, oh, there she is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, let me, no. let me not bother her because I know, I know if I just move the wrong way, she's going to have an attitude. Yes. <laughs> so it could be very difficult with uh, teenage daughters. I know that because you're, you're afraid to do anything, not because you're literally afraid of your child, but it's just like. You know, the smallest thing is just going to completely set them off. You don't even want to ask what's wrong because you feel like if you ask that, then something's automatically going to be wrong and you're in the wrong for asking what's wrong. It's just like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. And then you won't be able to fix it anyway. So it's like, what's the point? And then they only say little words. They always have to tell my daughter sometimes to just use your words because all you get now is just meh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you only yeah. get sounds and grunts, and that's it. They don't even actually speak actual words to you. The yeah. oldest is like that too. Even when he texts, you ask him how's his day. Good. Good. Yeah. How was school? <laughs> Fine. Good. It's like that's okay. That's it. <laughs> so yes, it's, exactly. It's literally one word responses, and that that gets drives you crazy too because it's just like okay, I'm really trying to see how you're doing. Which is like oh, I'm good. No, I'm fine. Yeah. And everything's just, it's good. It's fine. It's like, oh, okay. So conversation's lacking here. So <laughs> this is what we're doing. There's All right. Nothing. That's fine. <laughs> they give you nothing to go on. <laughs> if you get a response back from them at all. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, Even when you're asking open-ended questions, they'll still give you close Exactly. Answers. It's like, it's like yeah. all right. <laughs> and it's, it's like, getting worse the older they get. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just like, you don't, you forget how to communicate with them. because You're just like, oh my gosh, she's finally talking to me. <laughs> Like, like, what's the catch? I always ask, what's the catch? Yeah. Like, when they start having a friendly conversation, I'm like, in my in my head, I'm like, okay, what do you want? Yeah. I feel like you want something because you never do this. Exactly. There always has to be a catch. I feel terrible that I feel that way. Yeah. But most of the time, we're right. It yeah. does come with a catch. Exactly. They're just trying to butt you up for something. I'm like, mm, okay. Well, there's or, also, oh, oh, go ahead. There's also, like, you know, the the signs of when he does come out of his room and he's like, Mom, you know I love you, right? Mm-hmm. And I know I'll just look at him because I'm like, "What do you want?" That's you don't voluntarily come out here and say that unless you're going to ask for something afterwards. Yeah, kids are so funny, especially. And then the thing sometimes is just when you ask them a question, either they don't want to answer you, they barely give you any answer, or then they 
give you too much. And then they're like, oh, wow, I didn't think you were going to do this much yes. talking. And then you're actually like, maybe I shouldn't have asked. You just yeah. never know yes. what you're going to get. You just never know. Yeah. So it's almost like you have to prepare yourself for everything and nothing. Yes, because literally. You never know which one of it you're going to get. Exactly. So with that being said, um, my my next question is, now with all the issues with the schools and the shootings and everything like what are your fears when it comes to that honestly my daily fear is just that our children are okay mm-hmm. not just physically but mentally you you don't want them to have to go to school worrying about is something going to happen to me while I'm at school trying to learn or being with my friends right Kids are supposed to enjoy school, not fear school. Mm-hmm. So every day, I just think about that while the kids are at school. Is everything okay? You know, I didn't used to have that fear in the past. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, kids are at school, you know, they're doing fine. You right. know, you're going about your day until you see them again. But now, almost on a daily basis, I'm just like, okay, somebody doing something at school. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear that phone call. You don't want to see something like that. And I feel as a parent, that's just hard on any family. Right. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you already on top of the worry that you already have with your kids in the world as it is, but in a place where they're supposed to be safe. Mm -hmm. Because to me, school is supposed to be like the second safest place for a kid besides their home. Right. And if you as a parent can't feel that they're safe there, it just, it does something to you. Right. So, I mean, I mean, obviously there's not, Every we can't change everything. Mm-hmm. What everybody does in schools, you just gotta honestly hope and pray every single day right. that your kid's school is not going to be the next one on the news because somebody decided to do something like that. Now, what bothers me mainly is I know here recently. I think I believe it was last school year. Um, I believe there was a student who threatened and said that he was going to bring a gun or that he had a gun in his book bag and they put the school on lockdown. And some of these teachers are threatening to take students' phones away. So what type of position or mindset even would that put you in if your son or daughter had their phone taken away and you get you receive a text message saying that the school is now on lockdown and you can't get a hold of your child? How would that make you feel? Um Honestly, I feel like it's kind of mixed feelings. Um, Obviously, you want to know. You want to text them and find out if they're safe or tell them, you know, what to do. Um, But like Malcolm said, I think you kind of just have to hope and pray that the school knows what they're doing and just try to, you know, get there as fast as you can to be there. Um, And, you know, on a, a lighter end, especially with the oldest he doesn't answer his text anyways. <laughs> so, and I feel like in a situation like that, mm-hmm. in the stress of that kind of situation, would they even grab their phone? Right. Cause it's probably in their book bag anyways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, they can have their phone on them and you're trying to text them and they don't answer because it's in their book bag and they've taken off or, you know, so I don't know if I necessarily agree or disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't see the point in it mm-hmm. of taking their phone. Um, yeah. That that's not going to really do anything unless you know there's a bomb threat or something, and they've 
you know, they're smart enough to have hooked it up to their phone. But, um, so I guess for, and from my point of view, I, I, I don't agree or disagree that right. it's good or bad thing. Yeah. I didn't even think about that actually, but yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But I know, um, certain schools, they're saying if they're caught with their phone and their notification goes off, they're going to just take it and they're going to leave it up to the parents to come down to the school to pick the phone mm-hmm. up. And it's just, that just kind of bothered me because you put parents in a very awkward situation, especially depending on what their their occupation is. They may not be able to get to the school anytime soon. So now your child is sitting there without a phone and you don't you don't you can't you have no access to your child. Right. Yeah. Malcolm, how do you feel about that? I don't honestly see the benefit of taking the kid's phone unless the kid is just being totally disrupted. The phone is constantly going off. And they've been warned more than one time. Okay, turn the phone off. Now, keeping it in the office all day, probably not. Because, like you said, other case scenario. Okay, the teacher keeps it until class is over. Mm-hmm. Give it, give it back to the kid after right? class. I agree with that. And I also think, like, if you're going to take it and they can't get it back until a parent says so, then let the parent call in. Give it back to my kid. You know, before they go home for the day, because. I'm not going to be there. I work nights. So right. if it was just me per se, I wouldn't be able to go up there anytime soon mm-hmm. to get that phone back. And, you know, the kid's going to need the phone, especially if I'm at work at night and I need to contact them. Right. So I feel like there's more than one way to go about doing that. Yeah. If the kid's been warned multiple times, okay, the teacher can have the phone till the end of class. What if, because some schools are going to do whatever they're going to do. If you feel the urge to have to take the phone and the kid can't get the phone back until the parent says so, Contact the parent, let the parent say, okay, my permission is to give the kid their phone back before, you know, they go home for the day. Right. There's more than one way around of doing that. Right. There's multiple right ways to doing that, but I don't think you should go around just taking everybody's phone because (laughs) what if the kid had, what if there's a medical emergency or something and the kid needs to phone their parent? Exactly. And the kid panics, like, no, I need to contact my mom. I need to contact my dad. Right. There's so many different scenarios with that. So, well, and nowadays, I know schools have, you know, the parents' phone numbers, but the kids don't know phone numbers off the top of their head. Right. And, you know, I'll be honest, like, I don't even know my kids' phone numbers off the top right. of my head. Me either. And so, you know, that's kind of like a lifeline for some people of, like, you know, yeah, they shouldn't be on it. But if there is that emergency, then at least they can have that number to contact. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure there probably would be if there were, you know, in case of an emergency, but... Yeah. So, personally, I don't agree with taking away everybody's phone. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's layers to that. Right. There's multiple right ways to do that, but when it comes to just taking them just to take them, nah, I wouldn't think that's a good idea. I get it. I just, yeah. I wouldn't agree with that part of it at all. <laughs> yeah. But overall, so what are the the good parts of parenthood with this, with our, as a blended family. <laughs> um, honestly, the a good part for me is like the chaos that it, that it creates. Um, because with our kids and all the different personalities and everything like that, the, like, I mean, I don't know, it just on the way, you know, here we were laughing so hard in the car mm-hmm. and like we couldn't stop just because over the smallest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like their personalities and like things that they say and like, you know, the oldest, he likes to be a jokester. And so he is 
constantly trying to make people laugh. And so, you know, that gets the youngest one going. And then we all just kind of like <laughs> and it then snowballs. It, and then it annoys the, the middle child, the daughter. Yeah. She's annoyed because the other two are just like laughing. And she's like, oh, my God, you guys are so lame. <laughs> And it, it is hilarious. That part is hilarious. That's it, good to know. It is. Hmm. Like she said, it's perfect chaos. Yeah. It really is. And especially like after everybody, there's because there's sometimes in the house, especially during like some of the summer days, every kid just wants to just be by himself and go do their own thing. Yeah. They don't want to talk to each other. They don't want to be bothered by each other. They just like, leave me alone. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you sit down to eat and everybody comes together. Yeah. And everybody starts talking about anything and everything. Yeah. So it's that part even sometimes to this day fascinates me how that can happen. Like, yeah. you guys didn't even want to talk to each other an hour ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're asking, hey, did you see this? Yeah. Hey, what do you think about this? And all of a sudden, it's just, it's, it flows so easy for them. Yeah. So that part also just... It's also, sometimes it's mind blowing if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. It was like, man, how do you guys do that? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, just be solo. And then all of a sudden, hey, I want to see you now. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. And that was one thing with my growing up is we always ate dinner at the table. It did not matter what we were doing before that or what we did after that, but we always sat down and ate dinner at the table. And so I think, like, in my mind, like, that's how it should be. Right. And so you know, we've carried that on and, and he's right. Like, you know, we've had, you know, where during the summer and they're, you know, home for a couple hours and with, you know, he's home in the morning then they're home for a couple hours and then I come home and it's like, he gets that morning time to like hang out with them and discuss. And then at nighttime at, at the dinner table, like it all comes out like the day or, you know, what they want to do for the weekend or what summer plans that they have or that they can do and, and things like that. And, or, you know, like, um, on the weekends and when he's home and we all sit down and like he said, we could be all different parts of the house. And as soon as dinner's ready, man, we're all yeah. sitting at the table and, and having our conversations. And, and that's what it's about that coming, joining together. And that way, if anyone has anything to speak about or something's upsetting them, you're all there to kind of figure it out as a family. And that kind of is what creates that healing and creates that alignment as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like, but I want to thank you guys very much for coming on. So again, I have Malcolm and Ashley. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you.